relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This episode of the America First podcast with me, Sebastian Gorka, is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Shop freedom, quality, and innovation at franklinarmory.com. Franklin Armory, we are facilitators of freedom. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. Things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. Classic film. Is it a Christmas movie? We will settle that in the next hour. It is making movies great again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and my co-host, the irrepressible, the one and only, the provider of amazing cultural content on YouTube. He goes by the nom de guerre of Mr. Reagan. Chris Coles, welcome back to a very special Christmas edition of Making Movies Great Again. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yes, it is a Christmas edition. I can't wait to get into Die Hard. Die Hard indeed. A movie which originally should have starred who, Chris? Oh, Old Blue Eyes. Frank Sinatra. Old Blue Eyes. What a strange, strange story that we have the series of detective novels by Roderick Thorpe. One of them was made into a movie with Frank Sinatra, and there was supposed to be a sequel. But he was getting... A little bit long in the tooth. So instead of bringing old Blue Eyes back to be the New York cop who saves Nakatomi Towers, we have Bruce Willis, a guy who I fell in love with in the moonlighting comedy detective show. Let's talk about Bruce Willis and what he brings to this movie. And also, is it fair to say that this is a new kind of genre that Bruce brought us, a new kind of genre with Die Hard, a new kind of vulnerable lead character? Oh, yeah. I mean, I assume that you've seen the Netflix documentary, The Movies That Made Us. Yes. Oh, uh, it's beautiful. If you haven't seen that, that is that is definitely worth watching. Basically, every movie on there 
their little documentaries are excellent. But they're talking about uh, they're talking in that documentary, John McTiernan and the uh, cinematographer. They were trying to create like a new kind of action film. I don't think people really remember that in the 1980s, a lot of action film stories were very simple and a bit confusing. It was just lots of action. It wasn't particularly well shot. Lots of explosions, lots of gunshots and not the best stories. <clears throat> Die Hard had an excellent plot, and it was meticulously crafted. and And there were moments of, you know, uh, there were lows, there were highs. It was it was actually uh, a really high quality picture, and but, that was unusual for an action film at the time. But not only that, if you watch this movie, so I just got back from my trip to Israel with three hundred and fifty of our listeners. Absolutely incredible. Got on the plane on a plane for eleven hours there, twelve hours back. They had like four hundred movies to choose from, and they had Die Hard. So what did I do? Of course, I watched Die Hard on the plane. And the thing that strikes you is it's tight. Even in great movies, there's often a, a bit in the middle or somewhere in the second act that gets a little flabby, a piece that you can kind of miss and it doesn't change the story. Here, Chris, there's no flab, is there? No, no. It was a beautiful script. And hilariously, they were writing the script as they were shooting. But somehow, just things kind of magically came together. And it was this perfectly, beautifully written script. And uh, I actually think John McTiernan was the perfect guy to bring in for this. Because I realized this while watching last night. He had just come off of Predator. Yes. And if you think about it this way... Die Hard is an inversion of Predator. In Predator, you had the team of heroes fighting the one character and trying to survive. In this one, you have the hero fighting a team of villains and trying to survive. In some ways, John McClane is the Predator in this movie, and he's just picking the guys off one by one. Uh, but this time, we're on the Predator side because he's the good guy. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. I think you might be hinting at the next movie we have to do. But McTiernan is just superb, whether it's The Hunt for Red October, whether it's Predator or, or this. Just just tight, tight movie, always enjoyable. This is a movie that you can watch again and again and again, correct? Yeah, I think because of the story. I think it's a very well-written script. It's a good high concept. It's not just a bunch of uh, explosions without much going on. And then also, Bruce Willis was a revelation at the time. I mean, he really was a charismatic actor. My buddy, uh, Kurt, brought this to my attention once. He's actually a good actor, which is kind of unusual for action heroes, <laughs> right? Like, I, you know, I think Schwarzenegger had to sort of figure out how to act over the course of his career, <laughs> whereas Bruce Willis was just... He was a great actor to begin with. I mean, he's uh, he outclasses most other action hero actors. But it's not just, you know, action hero, good actor. His comedy type moonlighting mm -hmm. is so much fun. This movie has so many amazing comedy lines. I I'm thinking of, you know, um, I've got a whole list here of things that just catch you. You're in the middle of this. But, you know, ye yellow die number five fr from, from the sergeant or hands booby when, when, you know, Ellis is talking to the guy who's just about to kill him. You know, the, or, or the, the geek, the black geek right there who's breaking into the vault. And, and when they, they shoot the armored personnel, carrier and he says and the quarterback is toast i mean yes. that's the kind of humor you don't usually get in action movies right yeah the asian dude's watching the door and he figures out oh i'm at a candy stand <laughs> yeah let's go grab some oh, of that do you know who that asian dude is 
You mean what other movies is he in? Yes. I, I I don't I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know he's in like everything from the eighties. Yeah, he he is the ninja warrior in every action movie. He's like the martial artist. He's the you know this the B ranking guy whose name you never know, but you recognize him because of the long head. And if he's not holding a gun, he's holding some you know Chinese sword. So you know, th- let's talk about the cast. So let, we, Bruce Willis, timing, new kind of action hero. Talk about some of the other leads here. Let's talk about Bonnie Bedelia. Let's talk about Alan Rick. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, I always talk about films and televisions as places where you want to live. Right. Do you want to live in that world? And by the time I got done watching this film, I was a kid again. I wanted to be (laughs) Bruce Willis. I wanted to be at Nakatomi Plaza. And the funny thing is, even the Ellis, the douchey guy in the office who, frankly, he has a redemption moment. He sacrifices himself. Right. He doesn't tell uh, Hans Gruber about John. No, he, he, he never, he, he never breaks. He friend. never breaks the script. He never says, I'm lying. Don't shoot me. Yes. So good man. Good man. Actually, in the end, even though he's like, you know, doing coke the whole time, every every shot that passes him, he's doing coke. He's a real I, I actually think he's the least believable character. And even as a kid, I thought so. But he's still a bit of fun, because if you if you're going to have a douche, douchey guy in the office, you want him. Because he's a character. And everybody in this project, to some degree or another, is a kind of a fun, interesting character to be around. You want these people to – I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want uh, sociopathic uh, people to be your friends. But a lot of the characters, especially like uh, uh, Carl Winslow, the, the cop uh, – his name is Carl Winslow in uh, Family Matters. Uh, Sa- Sergeant, Al. Sergeant Al. Sergeant Al. I mean, that guy, you want that guy as your best friend. You know what I mean? I mean, like a lot of these characters, the limo driver, what a fun guy. So and back then they weren't casting these people because they were black and that was woke or something like that. They were just casting these guys because they were right for the role. They were funny. They were charming. They were interesting folks. And I want to be friends with all these guys and I want to live in the movie Die Hard for more than two hours. I, I have heard you say this before, and it's such a, a superb way of looking at culture, looking at you know the artifice of storytelling. Do you want to live in that world? So, so much, the majority of what we witness today creates worlds that we want, wouldn't want to live in for a nanosecond. When you watch a movie like this, you say, wow, I, I'm feeling nostalgic for, for that world. We're talking... Die Hard, is it a Christmas movie? Stay tuned and you'll find out. This is Making Movies Great Again with my co-host Chris Coles. you got to follow him. Just a superlative YouTube channel. It's called Mr. Reagan. Follow him on Twitter until he gets banned again. MrReagan.USA. We'll talk about that as well. I'm Sebastian Gork. If you enjoy Making Movies Great Again, subscribe. Never miss a moment. Go to Spotify. Plug in my name. Sebastian Gorker, America First. It's absolutely free. Leave us a five-star review because you should. Because it helps with those dastardly algorithms that Elon is fighting. And don't forget Christmas. Is is it tomorrow? It might as well be if you haven't got your presents lined up. Go to our store, America First. The latest is the MAGA Returns t-shirt celebrating the president's announcement from Mar-a-Lago. Trump 2024. MAGA is back. Also, we have the challenge coin designed by you, our dear listener, with the president, with our catchphrase, America First and Stay Frosty. So much more. Go to SebGorkaStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, SebGorkaStore.com. Gorkastore.com. Stay with us for more Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles.
back to making movies great again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. Dear friends, thank you so, so much. You have raised so much already to save thousands of children this Christmas who need to feel a little bit more loved. These are some of the one and a half million children across America who are missing a parent right now because they are incarcerated. The Prison Fellowship gets a Christmas gift to them, thanks to you, from their parent, along with a note, a message of love that they're not forgotten, and a children's Bible. It's one of the most blessed things you can do for vulnerable children, 70% of whom could end up in prison as well, unless we help them. Make a donation today. One Christmas gift for one child is $25. $125 is five children whose Christmas you are making just a little bit more full of love. Will you donate as much as you can today? Please do it for me. Do it for them. Do it for America. They've done nothing wrong. They deserve a bit of love. Go to sebgorka.com, click on the Angel Tree banner at the very top. Donate as much as you can. If you prefer to call them, the number is 888-206-2794. That's 888-206-2794. Or just go to S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, and click on the Angel Tree banner at the top. All right, here we go. I am the man who has been told time and time again for over a decade that I should be the next Bond villain. I'm ready. I can do it in a journey. German accent, I can do it in a French accent. Yeah, whatever you wish, I can do it. Let's talk about the Brit, the late, great Alan Rickman, as Hans Gruber, the German terrorist, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you can tell early on he's trying to do a little bit of a German accent. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think the subtlety of it, because back then nobody knew who this actor was. Right. He was, he was a kind of nobody. And he has an unusual way of speaking anyway. So just that light touch of a German accent at the time, I think everyone could say, all right, that guy is German or he's some kind of European. It's unclear. The way he talks is very strange. Um, But really what – you know, what's interesting about actors, some people will say or they used to say that, well, these people get typecast. A lot of characters, they play the same role over and over and over again. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what works for movies. You want someone who has a unique character, uh, who maybe speaks in an interesting way, but then he just has that level of charisma because he is such a unique person. He does have such a unique voice, and he does inspire awe and, and a little bit of fear. He's a little scary, just his normal speaking voice is a little terrifying uh, and he did such a beautiful job in that movie especially putting on the american accent in this scene uh, yeah look, so uh, let me let me let's do a little bit let's be judgmental here i i suffered for six years learning german in in school in england i speak it fluently when he speaks german to the terrorists it's impeccable okay so his actual <laughs> german is impeccable I, i'm not born in america i my british accent is kind of frayed at the edges after 14 years as a died in the wool naturally born american how's his american accent chris Let, let's be uh, let's be let's be accurate here the the problem for me is that i know how he sounds i'm yeah. not coming in fresh not knowing who he is so it sounds terrible to me so to me there's something <laughs> off from the begin it gets better but the oh no you're one of them it just doesn't sound american yeah no, and it may have something to do with how the audio was recorded back then. It was there is something stylized about how the audio was recorded in eighties films, um, and so it doesn't. It definitely does not sound right. But again, I I do think there's something about I know who this actor is. 
Right. And so I know what his voice is supposed to sound like, and it does sound a little bit, oh, man, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about the humor, the though? What about the humor? His delivery, that line, when he gets in the elevator with Takagi and he talks about nice suit, John Phillips of London. I have two myself, and I do believe Arafat shops there as well. I mean, what writing, <laughs> what delivery? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of excellent casting. If you can bring people and that's one thing I noticed while I was watching this movie is like the way everyone acts is just a little bit cavalier and very typical for the 1980s. People what, what do you, throw what do you away mean lines. by that? What do you mean by that? Well, people didn't seem to take everything so damn seriously in uh, in movies and television today. There is this kind of reverence sometimes because everything's like a remake or a reboot or a sequel or, it, you know, there's always something and nobody – nobody's very naturalistic in, in Hollywood anymore. There, does, there doesn't tend to be this natural – in Star Wars, I noticed this too. In the very original Star Wars movie, there's this moment where um, uh, C-3PO calls Luke Sir Luke. And he kind of laughs and he goes, just Luke, you know. And, uh, and th- that sort of moment of like just – the kind of throwing lines away, cavalier, acting naturally, reacting naturally. Everything in this movie, except for Ellis, who is over-the-top douchey all the time. But everybody else in this film, they deliver lines that aren't necessarily very easy to deliver, but with this sort of ease and naturalness where you really believe that they're the character and they're delivering those lines. What about the hairdos? Even the men, even the men had these massive, the, the, the security guard who gets killed in the beginning. I mean, his hair is as big as his shoulder pads. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it is an 80s film. I mean, what, you know what's interesting about that, though, is there isn't very many signifiers of the 80s in this film compared to many films of the 80s. You know, there, there are a lot of films where you'd, you'd watch the film and you'd say, that is that is very 80s. But even like the score that. The way that the Ninth Symphony was – like, I love the Ninth Symphony. I don't really like scores or musical classical pieces that I love to be used in films. But it was just used so well in this movie, and it makes it really timeless. I mean, there's so much of this movie that's timeless. A lot of the outfits even, like what John McClane's wearing a lot of times in this film, you can see somebody wearing it today, yeah, totally. hopefully with less blood on it. Now, when it comes to the cast, there's a lot of people that we'll see from elsewhere. There's one police officer who's the good guy with the headset who's helping Al out. Do you, do you, you remember this character? I think I sent a picture of this to Eric. There's a police officer who's sa- standing behind uh, Sergeant Al. And I want to know if you recognize him from, from any other movie. So we're going to put it up on the screen. He's, he's the decent guy, can't stand the lieutenant who has uh, been you know, trying to take control from Al, thinks that, that, uh, that, that our character, uh, McLean, is, is, a, is a, one of the terrorists. Do we have that image, Eric? Can we put it up on the screen? And this is going to be a real test. The guy with the headset. Do you recognize him? Huh. I do not. He was. This a, is the, he, I failed the test. Well, he had far less hair in other movies. That is a waiter that John McTiernan was impressed with in L.A. and had him in basically every movie. He is the oh, he? he is the XO to Scott Glenn in The Hunt for Red October. He, wow. He, yeah, okay. seriously, okay. seriously. And then one more. Have you got the image I just sent you, Eric? 
do you recognize this one heavy, a really, really ugly German in the elevator behind Hans Gruber? That is Wilhelm from wow. Homburg. He was none other than the evil, evil Ghostbusters 2 villain. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wasn't he like some kind of famous wrestler? Wrestler, wrestler. or Olympian or something? Yes, he was a wrestler. He was a criminal. He was busted for all kinds of stuff, dealing steroids and whatever. But he ended up as Vigo, Vigo the Invincible in Ghostbusters 2. And he was one of the heavies rolling around that rocket launch. All right, we're having far too much fun. I'm getting into the weeds already, but it's a great movie. Is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. Follow us on all social media. Follow us on Twitter, Truth Social, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we've got our parlor, our getter accounts, Cloud Hub, you name it, SalemNewsChannel.com, and of course, our Substack. That's SebastianWalker.substack.com. SebastianWalker.substack.com. My pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, and so much more, all with the deals happening right now. Now. They are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code GORKA, or call 800-829-8468 to get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. That's MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. We're back with Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan, making movies great again. All right, I'm talking too much. Chris Coles, what would you like to say about Die Hard? Well, okay. I would say that this, a lot of people think this is the greatest action movie of all time. And it's really hard to argue against that. You you sound like you have a problem with that statement. Let's just say it. It's the greatest one. I think that I think it is. I think it's the greatest action film of all time. It's there are so many action films that followed this formula, right? Like there's a guy trapped in a specific space. There's a team of villains, and he's got to stop the villains. One thing, you know, McTiernan had it right. Originally, these characters were supposed to be terrorists. He said nobody likes a terrorist. Everybody loves a bank robber. He's like, let's make – and you know what? The funny thing is it's it's a heist movie. Yeah. The funny thing is you, you kind of a little bit root for the bad guys because you want to know what they're doing. You're right. not sure what they're doing at first. You don't know how they're going to escape the building. You don't know what they actually want. They're saying that they're terrorists, but you they're, they really don't care about whatever it is that they're demanding as terrorist stuff. So you know something else is going on, but you're not sure. Then you find out they're stealing $600 million, and you're like, yeah, that's a good amount of money. Okay, that makes sense. I believe it. And they're kind of made fun of, actually. John McClane's wife makes fun of them as, like, petty thieves. And he turns to her and he goes, I am an excellent thief. Right. I'm not a petty thief. I'm an excellent thief. (laughs) And so, you know, there are so many perfect elements that come together. So many, uh, you know, it was was, uh, – 
so many people's first movie, you know, and they were all great actors. Even the cop was such a perfect character. Like, like I said, I want to be that guy's friend. Just so well cast, so well produced, so well written. Everything was just so perfect. It's like they, they always say, like, catching lightning in a bottle. This is one of those instances. Yes. There are uh, a few other films like Lethal Weapon that did this. but And, yeah. and there's something here that, that also, despite the, you know, supercharged machismo of the 80s, there are also mm-hmm. moments here, especially the relationship between uh, Al Powell, Sergeant Powell, and McLean, where, you know, he, the local lieutenant is giving him <laughs> crap, and we yeah. have that moment where he says me and the guys down here love you and he says that to mclean yeah. on the radio that's that's not your average kind of uh 80s action hero no there's like this beautiful brotherhood going on and that's the thing like when they said they were going to try to change the action film i think part of what they were doing was they were and, and i do this with my writing a lot i'll find cliches that exist in cinema and i'll try to flip those cliches and instead of creating the cliche outcome from the cliche setup. I'll put in the cliche setup, but instead I'll drive it toward a more natural action. So the audience is expecting that. And we, we forget because we forget what the cliches were in the 1980s back when this film was made, because this film established a lot of the stuff that we watch now, like, you know, but, but back then what they would do is they'd go, okay, here's the cliche that people expect. Let's put this into the film. But instead of having it, having it resolve itself with a cliche we're gonna have it resolve itself with something more naturalistic and so everything about this film not everything but a lot of the things that happen in this film are much more natural than what would have happened with uh with other 80s film uh, action films of the day and to me that's just good writing that's just well thought out innovative brilliant naturalistic writing and you know and how, how about how, Robert Davi, our good friend Robert Davi? Oh my huh? gosh, we got a hat tip to Robert Davi. Johnson and Johnson, no relation. I mean, just the humor. <laughs> just like we're back in Nam, you know? Yeah, when <laughs> I was in high school. I mean, just absolutely yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I forgot that he died in this movie, but like I know, I did too. I did, I was watching the movie and then and then the building explodes and this is perhaps the most crass line in the whole film and the deputy the deputy chief says, "I guess we need more G-men or something." Yeah, I guess we need some more FBI agents. Yeah, yeah. And it's this brutal death or the Woo. they're in the helicopter with that that famous helicopter explosion. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was an unusual moment that I had. Oh yes, got got, got to show the senior of the uh, McLean under the table. Uh, uh, next time, don't hesitate when you see somebody you need to shoot them. Thanks for the advice, pal. We're going to talk about the guns in the movies because it's so central. Some iconic, iconic weapons. We'll have fun with that. You are listening to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and my buddy Chris Coles. He's Mr. Reagan. We are broadcasting from the Relief Factor Studios. If you're in daily pain. If you've tried everything else, if you fail to find relief, do what I did more than three years ago. Relief Factor is liberating half a million Americans from their daily pain right now, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Leah from Ohio. Let me share with you Leah's story. One Sunday morning, I sat on my couch in so much pain, I was in tears. That's the day I ordered Relief Factor. Following directions, in eight days, I found relief, only to get better and better. I'm a believer 100%. That should be you. That 
could be you. But there's only one way to find out, but it's super easy. Relax. All you have to do is to go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack for the paltry sum of nineteen ninety-five. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Leah, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. Do it today. You deserve to know. What have you got to lose? Well, nothing except the pain. Call 800-500-8384 or just go to relieffactor.com. That number again, write it down, 800 800- 500-8384 or just go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com stay with us for more making movies great again after these messages everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Sebastian, you leave this audience spellbound, and I'm going to pay you the biggest compliment of all. I'm going to make you an honorary Bronx boy because you're unbelievable. And if you grew up in the Bronx, your, your name, they would have called you Sally Bats for sure. That's, yeah, I love this show. What is Sally Bats? Well, that's like a, like a, a part of, uh, of your name, like Sebastian, Sally, S-A, and then Sebastian Bats. You know, the Bronx boys have a different way of speaking. Like they, you, it's a compliment. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Don't forget, if you're desperate for Christmas gift ideas, check out the America First site. Everything made in America celebrating this nation. Whether it's the America First mugs, the challenge coins that you designed. The hottest item is our FBI t-shirt, the Fascist Bureau of Intimidation. The hoodies or the special Christmas bundle, $15 off. Order now. Celebrate America First this Christmas. Go to SebGorkaStore.com. That's SebGorkaStore.com. Welcome back to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. For me, there's a sleeper scene in the movie that um, will probably fly past most people because they don't live in the swamp, they haven't done TV interviews, and they don't do national security. But it's when the expert on terrorism, which is what I used to be, is uh, asked to explain what's going on in Nakatomi Tower... And 
<laughs> it's the author of the book Hostage Terrorist Terrorist Hostage and it's it's just such a, a a it's like a dagger through the heart of the pompous asses we see every day on television and also the host who says Finland Stockholm no Sweden I mean the <clears throat> the subtlety of the humor the bursting of the bubble of these fake experts. The scene lasts maybe 30 seconds, Chris, but it's another slice of just how incredibly good the writing is. Yeah, and actually this was a theme that goes through the entire film of the authorities don't actually know what yes. they're doing. Yes, They speak with a lot of authority. They act like they know what they're doing, but everything they do just makes everything worse, right? So the head of the police department in Los Angeles – He's unreasonably stubborn about everything, right? right? So the cop is sitting there going, oh, we got a guy in there. He's like, how do we know that that's one of our guys? Maybe that's one of them, and they're just messing with you. You're an idiot, you know? And it's just like, all right, there's no reason for you to be this unreasonable, but it creates this tension, and it and, and it's the kind of thing that Shakespeare would do, right? Shakespeare would mock the authority, and he would celebrate with the regular people. And that's what John McClane is. John McClane is one of us. He's a regular guy. This cop, uh, uh, Carl Winslow from Family Matters, he's a regular guy. He's like us. So we relate to these characters. We do not relate to the terrorists or to the bank robbers because they're these effete Europeans. We don't relate to the authority because they're our bosses in real life. And this is what John McTiernan was doing. He was going, okay, we are the regular people. They are the other. They're the people who are the pompous people who think they know what they're doing, and they keep messing everything up. It's the, it's the regular Joes. We're the guys who know what's up. And it was this kind of a celebration of regular guys, which I love. I think that's such a, a crucial point. I, I hadn't thought of it like that. But when you add Sergeant Al, you add up together – you know, it's it's real individuals. It's not superheroes. It's not, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his, you know, massive physique. It's just a New York cop who's going to try and see his family at Christmas and gets caught into this maelstrom. Let's let's talk about some of these effete European uh, uh, villains and their, their strange haircuts. We, we have Alex Goodenough. Uh, we, we have the guy with the long hair who is, the, you know, the pr- protagonist. Um, along with, with the, the lead, the German terrorist, Alan Rickman, who made a couple of guns famous. And I just want to maybe flex a bit here because as a kid... These guns were made really famous. McLean made the Beretta Model 92 famous, the handgun he carries through. The terrorists have all their MP5s, the classic SAS uh, machine gun. But we have Alex Goodenov and we have Hans Gruber with a couple of iconic weapons. Let's show me with the first one, a gun I dreamt of having for years that I now own because the difference between boys and uh, men is the price of their toys and nothing else. This is the Austrian <laughs> Steyr AUG assault rifle, the first generally issued bullpup assault rifle. I now own one. This is the bad guy with the long blonde hair's iconic weapon. Then we have Hans Gruber, another holy grail weapon that I find Finally got my hands on the original factory nickel-plated uh, P7M13, a unique weapon, the only weapon that cocks when you squeeze it. It's an absolute pinnacle of German engineering. Show the next copy. So these two weapons, the HK P7M13 and the estate, kind of classic 80s guns that um, yeah. every boy should own once they grow up. Don't you agree? 
Oh, I think you know, I, I now I want them. Good. And I want to go around to some kind of like air vent and just poke. <laughs> yes. The there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, look, when that com- when that comes into sh- into shot in this very sh- scene that we're watching now, when that comes into shot, that is a harrowing moment. Because yes. you don't expect it. You don't actually and what, expect it. What about the fight scene, Chris? What an amazing fight scene. This guy apparently was like a, a world-class ballerina, uh-huh. like a, ba- a ba- ba- ballet artist. So the guy has an incredible physicality. And uh, from what I remember from the documentary that I watched, they, uh, they just kind of like went around this office building. It's like a real office building. They weren't on a soundstage. Well, you, and they you, were you, like, but you know what the building was, right? The, the, uh, yeah, come... it was the Fox building. It was, and I think it was still being constructed. I moved <laughs> in to the Fox building, and McTiernan <laughs> managed to convince them, you don't mind if we blow it up for like six months and film Die Hard? And they actually agreed. <laughs> yeah, and I, I had a good uh, buddy uh, when I first moved to L.A. This is probably like 2005. And we're driving through L.A., and my buddy's Australian guy. is like, uh, stop the car. We got to go to that building right there. And I'm like, why? He's like, when I was a little boy, I had this poster on my wall, Nakatomi Plaza. That's it right there. Pull in. And so I'm like, all right. So we pull, pull in. The security guard comes out. He's like, can I help you guys? We're, and my buddy's just like, this is, uh, this is from Die Hard, right? The guy's like, yeah, this is from Die Hard. He, like, walked us around the whole building. And, yeah, it's right down there. And I've actually worked at Fox quite a quite a bit when I was doing like background acting and stand in work and all that kind of stuff. And I pass by it all the time. It's just right down uh, century city. Century city. Absolutely here. No, no, yeah. not too bad. That Australian accent. I'll give you a little bit of a help with that, my friend, but it's not too bad. Oh not yeah. Too bad. Uh, I'm Sebastian <laughs> Gorka. This is making movies great again with my buddy, Chris Coles, the man behind the superlative Mr. Reagan YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter as well. Mr. Reagan USA. I'm Sebastian Gorka. And this is the Salem news channel coming to you from the relief studios, relief factor, pain relief. that works pain relief. that's real pain relief. that is liberating half a million Americans right now. Me, included you should be one of those people there's only one way to find out but it's super easy order the three quick starter pack at relieffactor.com it'll be at your door in three days or less take it morning and evening like i do and i promise you dr g's guarantee by the end of those three weeks you will know whether it works for you like it works for me and half a million of your fellow americans call right now 800-583-84 don't wait another second relieffactor.com that's 800-583-84 relieffactor.com relieffactor.com stay with us for more making movies great again with me sebastian gorka and chris Coles. Listening to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. Die Hard is, of course, a Christmas movie, is it not, Chris Coles? Absolutely not. What? <laughs> Absolutely How not. How dare you? I, this friendship, this friendship is in danger right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Okay, I, I look. Die Hard is the 
probably the best action film ever made. It's set during Christmas. There is nothing else Christmassy about it. There's nothing Christmassy about it. It's Come set on, at that time of the year. Wanting to be reunited with your family at Christmas, using happy Christmas packaging tape to put the gun on your back to save the damsel in distress. That's Christmas. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, I, I usually do strap a gun to my back using Christmas packing tape every year. But that's just the, one of those weird things I do on the weekend. Well, you know, no, it's, uh, it's a strange California thing. It's a strange cat. We all do it. Yeah, that, I mean, that was, if you know, you know. But no, it's, uh, look, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's set during Christmas. That's the excuse to get him there. Uh, I think in the original novel, um, because Frank Sinatra commissioned that novel, I believe, because he wanted to do a sequel to that film, The Detective. And uh, I think in the novel it is Christmas. I think that's why it's there. And that was the excuse, and they never changed it. But I really can't think of much about that movie that's Christmassy. Maybe the Christmas party. What's interesting about that Christmas party, I think, is that people don't really remember it in the 80s. Like, anything corporate, anything like a big city cosmopolitan i think was considered very alien to most people we didn't have the internet you you know it's not like you know most people lived in regular america so if you saw something that that cosmopolitan in a film it, it was not normal it was this sort of elevated thing with these weird people that you didn't recognize from your real life and so that christmas party where john McClane feels totally out of place and like some dudes kissing him and stuff like that yeah and he's just like, man, California, you know, uh, that is us in the 80s. Yes. That is every regular American in the 80s going, yeah, I would feel exactly the same way at that party. All right. Sadly, we're out of time. Last thoughts, last final thoughts. Are- you know, I love Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis consistently says in interviews that acting is easy. And, you know, he just goes in, reads his lines, you know, acts normal. And then uh, they put it and they print it and everything. And I think that's how acting should be. I think a lot of times Hollywood kind of gets all up their own, you know, whatever about, oh, you know, I'm an actor. And he's just like, whatever. Welcome to the party, pal. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to say my lines and get my paycheck and get out of here. And that sort of cavalier attitude, I think, translates to screen. And he's just so charismatic. And, and uh, yeah, the, this film is probably you know one of the best films ever made and i would certainly consider it if not one of the best or you know if not the best certainly one of the best action films of all time next movie it's your choice you gotta choose whatever you want man i think you teed it out for me perfectly let's stay with mr mctiernan let's stay with the 80s let's do predator (laughs) you concur We'll have to get to the chopper, but I think we can do it. Yippee-ki-yay, my friend. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been watching Making Movies Great Again, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Have a very Merry Christmas, but keep your head on the swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream. 
what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. If both hospital indicators, the new COVID-19 admissions and the proportion of staffed inpatient beds occupied by COVID patients surpasses the threshold for high and our case rate is at or above 200 new cases per 100,000 people, LA County will follow the CDC guidance for communities designated at the high community level including universal indoor masking. Universal indoor masking. There you go. You thought it was a, just another conspiracy theory. That's a direct, not, not a very, <clears throat> how shall I say it, um, motivational public speaker. That's Barbara Farrer, who is the director of public health for Los Angeles, saying, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to just mask you again indoors not just outdoors welcome dear friends happy is it monday i do believe it's monday happy monday this is america first with me your host sebastian gorka it's always fun to be driving into work as uh, elon's team decides to do their fifth twitter files drop it's uh, about the lack of transparency and the lack of uh, universal standards when it came to minimizing the effect of President Trump with his 94 million followers on Twitter and deleting his account when others such as the Ayatollahs or North Korea could say whatever they wanted on Twitter. We'll uh, discuss that and so much more. But let me just share with you another hot-off-the-press announcement. I've just received this from our buddy Mike Lindell's office. It is the official statement that has been released by our friend, Mike Lindell announces he's running for the Republican National Committee chair. Mike Lindell officially announces his challenge to the sitting RNC chair, Rona Romney-McDaniel. I I added the Romney there because uh, people should know who her uncle is. It's time to get real with the state of the Republican Party. Quote, this is from Mike. The current RNC leadership has failed for three election cycles. The donors have approached me. They are not going to give any more to the RNC. When you have three Fs in a row, which is correct, since 2017, uh, we have had three failures from Ronia McDaniel's chairmanship. You don't get elected. One of the biggest failures was collecting money for the same old status quo, thinking you are going to win with a failed model. My opponent promised she would look into the 2020 election. She fundraised on that promise. She broke that promise. The RNC did not do anything to fix our elections, and they cherry-picked their candidates and would not back the people's choice. This is a critical time for the Republican Party. The donors need a return on their investment, and so does the country. 
I have done my due diligence and can't figure out why my opponent would even consider running again. That's a good question. Why would Rona Romney McDaniel run again after three losses in a row? Great question, Mike. I assume she has another agenda other than saving our country. That's a very solid assumption. What could that agenda be? I also intend to donate my salary back to the RNC to show my belief in this party under my leadership. We cannot ask people to invest in a failed model anymore. Remember, people forget that's exactly what President Trump did for four years, who gave his salary as president back to the people. Quote, the Republican Party needs leadership in modern technology on election insecurities and on supporting our incredible grassroots candidates across the country. I have that knowledge and I am already engaged with all 50 states doing this work without the title. I mean, it's incredible what Mike did for the president's campaign, how much he invested of his own money to travel the country and support the president and his candidates. That's just, that's just a statement of fact. As a successful CEO of many companies with thousands of employees who has faced much adversity and has had to change my actions based on my current footprint, I know how to adapt. Well, yeah, given how the left has tried to destroy him, yeah, he does. I know what must be done to make our party the strongest it has ever been. Rona McDaniel has not done that. She has failed as the current RNC chair. The big donors, as well as the regular everyday person, would be foolish to contribute to this current system as it's being led. And they know that. Herschel Walker's race is another F for Rona Romney McDaniel. We have a country to save, and I intend to help our great Republican leaders across the country do that. All right, well, perfect timing. I didn't rehearse uh, any of that with our friend Mike Lindell. But I did put, I don't know if I sent this to Eric, I've got into the polling business again. It's a lot of fun to reach out to you guys and and get your take on an issue I want to discuss on the show. What was that um, last poll, that pathetic poll that said there's more support for Ron DeSantis and President Trump? They asked, what, 320 people? Well, I posted a poll on Twitter uh, an hour ago. And I've already got 3,000 votes. That's more than the average political poll. That's a 24-hour poll in the first hour. I've had 3,000 votes. And the question is simple. Did the GOP, did the RNC ever really support President Trump? Very simple question. Did the Republican establishment ever really support President Trump? Yes or no? Eric, who's doing some uh, impersonations of our liner readers, a deep voice Dave today. What do you think? What do you think people on Twitter said to the question, did the GOP ever really support President Trump? What do you think the the uh, yes to no answer ratio is there? I'm willing to bet no less than 80%. Okay. 80% for no. Okay. Um, Jeff, how many people do you think on Twitter expected, said, no, the GOP didn't support the president. Uh, I'd go even more, closer to 90%. All right, guys. It's, it's here. First two hours of voting. 95% of you guys, 95% of you said the RNC, the GOP, 
didn't support the president. Quite, quite stunning. 5%. 5% of my 1.2 million followers who have answered the poll already said the GO. Well, it's time for a change. Whether it's Hamid Dillon, whether it's Mike Lindell, whether it's uh, our buddy uh, Lee Zeldin, we need change. Who can do it? I'll do a poll. Yeah, I'll do a poll. I'll do a poll. See who you guys support. But when it comes to the Twitter files drop that we started the show with, people are missing the point. They're talking about the, the internal machinations, the, the granular decisions, the, that pervert um, Joel Roth, a quote-unquote former head of safety who wrote a dissertation, a PhD on children using the homosexual a sex app grinder. It's not about the internal decisions. Who cares about the internal decisions? It's about the interna- interaction with federal government. It's the fact that people like your Roth were meeting weekly, weekly, with the FBI, with DHS, with the Director for National Intelligence's office. That's deeply un-American. We're going to discuss that and so much more with a bevy of amazing guests to include none other than Tara Reid. Yes, the woman who said that Senator Biden raped her, sexually assaulted her in Congress. You don't want to go anywhere. The number here is 833-33-GORKA. That's 833-334-6752. Come to you live from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Don't forget to subscribe. You don't want to miss our one-on-one. It's making movies great again today. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much fun. Go to Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Subscribe. It's absolutely free. Leave us a five-star review. And then check out the latest, latest merch. If you are America First, we've got a Christmas bundle for you. $15 off. The Tervis Tumblr, the America First mug, and then your choice of America First hats and so much more. Go to SebGorkaStore.com. The challenge coins, we are having to mint them 24 hours a day because you love them so much. SebGorkaStore.com. Back after these messages. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 